This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. How many of you, that's your prayer, nothing can ever come close? You know, sometimes songs are made where you just listen, and you just say amen, and you let it sink in, and you just meditate on it, and that's one of those songs. Nothing comes close, praise God. You can be seated today. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 2. Marlene, you're one of the few people I can ask to do this. Will you come take my candy? (laughs) Thanks, Mom. Man, you are awesome. Just wash your hands before SOS, okay? No. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know what? It's okay to laugh in church and be ornery and silly because I believe God had fun. Amen? We, we're too stiff in church as it is, I think. Church should be fun. Amen? Turn to Acts chapter 2. I'll tell you the people that, that were stiff is Pharisees and Sadducees. You know, the reason you call them sad, you see, is they, had, they couldn't have fun, and they were so critical, and they were so judgmental that they were always sad, you see, all right? So uh, don't be a sad, you see, today, all right? Um, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, today, guys, in history, one thing I like about being in church is when you get baptized in water, you're doing something that Jesus Christ did. You're doing something that Jesus Christ himself did and all of his disciples did. And then he says, I want everybody else that's ever a believer to be baptized in water. So that's an incredible thing when you think about this is something that Jesus Christ set up and he said, do this. Amen? That's cool. It's something that's been going on for 2,000 plus years. Isn't that awesome to think about that? Well, here's something else that has been going on for 2,000 years. The original, we're going to learn what the original Pentecost is, but then we're going to learn what Pentecost is in the New Testament in Acts chapter 2. But today, I'm going to teach and preach to you on a topic. Listen to me. Have you ever heard that word Pentecost? I'm going to preach and teach on a topic today in history, something that they've been doing for thousands and thousands of years. Clear back in the Old Testament, uh, Israel would go to Jerusalem three times a year. Today was a time that they went and did the Feast of Pentecost, amen? And today marks that day of Pentecost that we celebrate as a church. So what I'm going to preach on and talk to you about today is something that's been going on for thousands of years. How many are eager to learn, amen? How many know that Jesus was concealed in the Old Testament, but revealed in the New Testament. Everything that you see in the Old Testament is a type or a shadow of Jesus fulfilling it in the New Testament. So we're going to see the original Pentecost versus the Pentecost that Jesus fulfilled. On the day of Pentecost, 
And some of your Bibles say when the day of Pentecost had fully come, fully come. It says they were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Brothers and sisters, sometimes I'm like, well, we don't have it like that. But guys, seriously, the wind of the Spirit filled the house today. He that hath ears and he that had a heart to know and understand and discern, that was happening today. Amen? Uh, but so, so we see like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and they began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit uh, gave them that utterance. At that time, there were many devout Jews. I want you to see this from every nation. Everybody say every nation. Living in Jerusalem, when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. And they were bewildered because they heard people speaking in their own language spoken by these believers. They were completely amazed. How could this be, they explained. The people are from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, whatever, Pontus, provinces of Asia, Pergia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors of Rome, both Jews and converts, Cretans, look at this, Cretans and Arabs. And we were all, we all hear these people speaking in own, their own language about the wonderful things that God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. And they said, what can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed, saying, man, these guys are drunk. And they said, these men aren't drunk because it's only the ninth hour. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the holy word of God. We thank you, Lord, that it will be opened up and the Spirit will reveal truth today about Pentecost to us. Lord, I thank you that we are not spectators but we are people that, that are going to enjoy the benefit and experience Pentecost today in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe to better appreciate Pentecost, we need to understand the seven feasts that the nation of Israel celebrated. There were seven feasts that they celebrated, and they were inside three major feasts. So on the first, uh, uh, they would come to Jerusalem in the first, the third, and the seventh month for these major ones, Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. Okay, within those three big ones where they came to Jerusalem, there were seven feasts inside of those. Uh, in, in, in Passover, there's three feasts in it. Pentecost stands alone. And then, in, um, and then in the last one, which is Tabernacles, there's three feasts in that one, okay? But, but these feasts were celebrated. So it's interesting to realize that. And to me, before we can understand Pentecost, we need to understand those feasts. So the original, when we look at Passover, the three feasts that were in Passover, the original Passover, this is really cool because Jesus concealed in the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament. The original Passover at 9 a.m., think about this. Think about this. Do you realize when Jesus went to Jerusalem, you tell me that Bible's not true? Do you realize when Jesus went to Jerusalem, the Israelites were literally celebrating the Passover? 
At the very same time, at the very same time that Jesus was in Jerusalem doing his thing, it wasn't about Ben-Hur. When Jesus was doing his thing in Jerusalem, the Israelites were there for that time. Listen to this. At 9 a.m. with the original Passover, at 9 a.m., you know what the Israelites were doing? They were sitting, they were slitting the neck of the lamb at 9 a.m., At 9 a.m., Jesus' hands and feet were being nailed to the cross. At 3 p.m., they took the lamb and they put it in the the oven. At 3 p.m., Jesus was taken off the cross and put in a tomb. The father took the unleavened bread, signifying Jesus, and he hid it somewhere in the house. The father took Jesus, the bread of life, which represents him sinless and pureless, and he hid him in the grave three days and three nights. And on Sunday morning, the day after the Sabbath, the father, the Israelites, pulled the loaf out, and he held it up in the air, and they waved it to the Lord, representing the third feast of first fruits, which is the harvest that is to come. Our heavenly father, on the day following the, the Sabbath Passover, our earthly fathers were waving their unleavened bread, but Jesus was coming up out of the grave, and the heavenly father was waving his bread of life and saying, this is the beginning of a great harvest that is to come. Brothers and sisters, that's powerful. But then after that, there were 50 days, and then the next one that was celebrated was Pentecost. We celebrated Easter 50 days ago. And today, we're holding that same tradition that they did 2,000 years ago to where we are doing the very same thing that they were doing, the original disciples and apostles. I think that's pretty cool. Somebody give the Lord a hand for that. I think that's pretty cool. All right? Um, So Pentecost is the only one that that one is just fulfilled in one feast, Pentecost. And then the last one is the Feast of Tabernacles. Remember we said there were seven and three main ones. The Feast of Tabernacles was was celebrated on the seventh month. It has not been fulfilled yet. Tabernacles has not been fulfilled yet because it has three feasts within it. And one is the Feast of Trumpets. One day, my brother and sisters, you are going to hear the trumpet sound. You are going to hear the trumpet sound, and that is the Feast of Trumpets. You're going to hear a trumpet. Every, every person, every tribe, every tongue, every person is going to hear a trumpet blow, and that is going to be the taking away of the church of Jesus Christ. And then the next one is atonement, the Day of Atonement. Jesus fulfilled your atonement by his sacrifice on that cross. So none of you need to be afraid and none of you need to be concerned. If you have Jesus in your heart, you're redeemed. You're atoned for. And then the last one is tabernacles. And we will tabernacle or live with the Lord forever is the fulfillment of those feasts. I think that's powerful. So the original Pentecost, it happened 50. Penta means five. Like you see Pentagon or a five star pentagram where there's five. five. Penta means five and costa means to the 10th power or 50th. So when the day of Pentecost had fully come, in other words, that means 50 days after the Passover, 
Then Pentecost happened. Now, what was the first Passover? Has anybody ever watched the Ten Commandments? What happened when the Egypt, Egypt, the Israelites were in Egypt with the death angel? What did they put on the door? They put blood. They slew a lamb, which is Jesus, and they put blood like this and like this, top and bottom. That's even a cross. So death passed over those guys. That was the Passover. And then they walked out of Egypt, and then they crossed the Red Sea, and they did all that stuff. But you know what happened 50 days after they came out, after they came out of Egypt? What, what happened? Huh? Pentecost. But what was Pentecost? What was the first Pentecost? The giving of the law. The giving of the law was the very first Pentecost on Mount Sinai. It was 50 days after. But here's the, here's the problem. Remember, uh, if that covenant was good, the Bible says, then why do we have, need to have a new covenant? That, that covenant was good, and it was from God, but it brought death. It was a ministry of death to everybody, because now that there's the law, do you know what? The ink was no more drying on the Ten Commandments. Hey, do you know that, that, that from, from Egypt to Sinai, those 50 days, if you think that the Israelites were squeaky clean and didn't sin and didn't do anything wrong through that time, you were misled. You go look at what some of the stuff they did before the Ten Commandments. But there was no law. There were no Ten Commandments. They were on the wings of grace. They, they were living in, a, in, the, in the provision even back then. But then when the law came, Paul said, I was alive, and then the law came and I died. I'm telling you that those guys, if the Ten Commandments were, were written in ink, the ink wasn't even dried before they were breaking the law. Moses came off the mount. And, and at, the day, at the very first Pentecost, stones, words came on tablets that ministered death to all of us because none of us could do it. And before he even got, they were already breaking the law and 3,000 people died at the original Pentecost. Let me show you the similarities. At the original Pentecost, there was a cloud. The Holy Spirit, there was a cloud at the fulfillment of Pentecost. At the original Pentecost, there was a loud noise, but there was even a louder noise in Acts chapter two. At the original Pentecost, there was fire, but in the Pentecost in Acts two, it landed on each of them. At the original Pentecost, only Moses participated. At the Acts two Pentecost, all participated. At the original Pentecost, the word was written on tables of stone which were impersonal and nobody could do it and nobody could form it. It had no power. It had no help. It only condemned. It only could condemn. Okay? But on the New Testament, God wrote his word on, his, on your heart. And, and I'm going to show you how the, how the Pentecost today, how the Holy Spirit just blows that one out of the water. We're going to learn what the Holy Spirit does. And at the Original Pentecost, 3,000 people died. At the Acts chapter 2 Pentecost, 3,000 were saved. So 
What we need to know is Pentecost is an empowerment to walk. The law was sent by Moses, but our Pentecost that came through Jesus Christ where he gave the Holy Spirit, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And there is an empowerment to help you to be able to live that life that you want to live. Christians are meant to live in the presence and in the power of the Spirit. I want you to write that down. Christians are meant to live in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in John 14, 16 and 18, it says, and I will ask, this is Jesus talking, I will ask and he will give you another advocate, comforter, or helper. He's talking about the Holy Spirit who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The word cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him. The world can't receive him. It's not looking for him. And it doesn't even recognize him. But look at this. But you know him. How many of you know him? But you know him because he lives with you now. Look at this. He lives with you now and later will be in you. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, the Holy Spirit is in you. In you. Guys, that is an amazing thing that God, the Holy Spirit, that God Almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth, that God the Father, God the Son, but now there's God, the Holy Spirit, and he lives in you. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I don't want to, you don't need to turn there and try to go there, but it says that meat is for the belly. How How many thinks meat's for the belly? And the belly's for meat. But your bodies are not made to have sex outside of marriage before you're married. It says that very clearly. It says your bodies aren't made to do that. I believe that is an example. I believe that is an example of God. I think that's just an example where we shouldn't run around saying, hey, they're living in sex and stuff. I think that's an example of any sin. When you realize that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, meat's for the belly and the belly's for meat, but you know what? Your body isn't made for gossip. Your body isn't made to be mean. Your body isn't made to to do sinful acts. Your body's made for the Lord. And brothers and sisters, I think we need a revelation that, that, that realizes that God is not only he shall be with you, but he's in you. If you are a believer today, you can't shake God's presence from being with you. Now, for some of you, that might make you shudder. Oh my gosh. Seriously, he's with you. He's with you when you are in your secret sin. He's with you when you are in your secret depression. He's with you. He he, he knows your thought. He, He knows it all. But listen, don't let that freak you out. Don't let you, that freak you out. But he's, because that's what the blood's for. I used to let that freak me out a little bit. I think there's a balance on this. I think you guys that are living too haphazardly and don't really care, and you're not, you're not trying to honor God, to me you need to hear that, that scripture and say, straighten up. But... For you that are trying to straighten up, 
and you already are condemned and guilty and in shame all the time, you don't need to hear a preacher pointing at you and say, straighten up. You need to know that the blood of Jesus forgives you for everything. And that, that, that if you don't feel like you're hitting the mark, that's okay because he hit the mark. And he made it for you. You are not supposed to walk around in condemnation. You're not supposed to walk around in fear of God. I remember there was a lady in my first church. She would tilt her glasses down and look at the youth group. And she'd say, I want you to know that there is an all-seeing eye. And he's watching you. (laughs) He's watching you. Man, we just, and then she'd start getting in the book of Revelations. <laughs> we'd be like, oh my God, help me here. All right. Hey guys, one thing I know is the love of God. God loves you. When you're trying, you just got to put, so, so anyway, you're a temple. You're a temple. You're a temple. Let me tell you what, the, what Pentecost and, and the Holy Spirit being with you, some things that that, that, that does is one, that he's in you. Here's the second thing. Uh, John 16, 7 through 10, 10 says this. It's best that I go away, Jesus says, because the comforter, helper, advocate won't come. If I don't go away, then I can't send him to you. And when he comes, uh, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and the coming judgment. Look at this. The world's sin is, is that they refuse to believe in me. Righteousness is available because Jesus said, I'm going to the Father, and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. We hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church on the Rock, check out our website at www.cotrag.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.